it's almost like I, I didn't realize because I was in it. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. the detriment that it had until now where I'm at today with like having, like having peace with food, like that food freedom and being like at peace with my body and like all of that. It's just kind of recently that I realized the damage that it did. Hey fam, this is Call Cheryl Hun Call, and I'm your host, Cheryl Spears. The views and opinions expressed here on the Call Cheryl Hun podcast are those of myself and podcast guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any company discussed. Any content provided by myself and podcast guests are of their opinion and are not intended to defame any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Each week on the podcast, we will hear your MLM stories and also discuss MLMs like Beachbody along with the problematic Hines, super trainers, and CEOs who recruit using pain points and other sleazy tactics. This is not just another anti-MLM podcast. My goal is to prevent anyone from making the same mistake I made for the past eight years while I was in an MLM cult. If you want to share your story, email me at callcherylhun at gmail.com or send me a DM over on Instagram at callcherylhun. Now remember, when I'm not pulling back the BS on Beachbody, you'll find me here on my podcast or hanging out in my Instagram stories. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast or you might miss something juicy. Now sit back and relax Grab your favorite drink or snack and enjoy the show. Hey fam, Cheryl here. I'm just jumping on to give you a quick content warning. This episode contains content that may be alarming and trigger some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed description and take care of yourself. Hey fam, this is the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast and I'm your host, Cheryl Spears. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Sophia, who I met through Instagram, and she wants to come on here and share her MLM story. So welcome, Sophia. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you. I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me. I think it's so cool that you have this as a podcast. I've never come across a podcast that is like this topic, and I just think it's awesome that you're wanting to share other people's stories. Yeah, that's it's it's a it's been a year right and I started this passion project only because people started coming into my dms and telling me their stories and I was like people got to like other people need to hear this stuff and so I'm excited I actually found you in a on a on the for you page for instagram like scrolling through reels and I was like who is this chick and and I, then I saw that one of the people that I follow shared your stuff and was friends with you. And I was like, oh, 
And then it just led from there. So I'm pretty excited because literally I have no idea about your story whatsoever. So tell us a little bit about you now, and then we can go from there. Okay. Yeah. So I currently live in South Dakota. So I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I am 30 years old and I currently am, I'm still in the health and fitness space. And I'm a, I like to call myself a lifestyle coach because I, I focus on fitness, nutrition, but just lifestyle, daily habits, all in one. It's not just here's your workout program or here's your nutrition plan. So it's kind of like, I look at the whole person. I also train part-time at a gym here and I have a fiance. We've been together two, one over one year. And we are just in the stages of planning a wedding. We love to hike and of course work out. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Exciting. Planning a wedding. I, I can't, I can relate, but I can't because I got engaged. And one day my, I looked at my husband and I said, my, our pastor said, if we wanted to get married this Sunday, we can. So my husband joked nice. that he got down <laughs> on Wednesday and we got married on Sunday. Love it. Nice. <laughs> well, we've been married 12 years. Oh my gosh. So you said that you are like a lifestyle coach. I'm going to ask the question because people are going to ask me, are you a certified personal trainer, nutritionist or whatever? So I am a, I'm not certified personal trainer. I'm in the works of that. I'm taking the, getting my CPT in March, I believe. And the reason, so I've been in, I've been doing coaching and training for 10 plus years. I was in a gym previous to this for almost six years, I was doing training. I was never actually certified. And I think a big reason is just because I don't like taking tests and I'm always educating myself. And I believe that, and I was once told that even though you have a certification, it doesn't make you a great coach, but I believe that the credit people need that credibility and it's still ongoing education. So I'm like, all right, I just, I need to do this. I know I don't like taking tests, but I just got to do it. So that's in the works, but I am a certified nutrition coach, not nutritionist, but certified nutrition coach. Okay. Okay. Listen, if you, this is what I, the reason I asked that question is because I'm sure you've seen my stuff with Beachbody, right? And a lot of those people believe that they buy the total solutions pack and that makes them a professional. And then they, uh, I thought it, I can't say, I can't not. I did. I thought that I was a professional health and wellness coach. And that is far from the truth. Um, yep, agreed. So what brought you to an anti-MLM podcast? Really? My story with it? Yeah. So that post that you saw, that was actually the first time that I publicly came out and said anything like that, where beach, I'll say beach body, I don't, like, I don't care mm-hmm. about that anonymous, but where Beachbody was the thing that contributed contributed to my yo-yo dieting, restrictive mindset, restrict binge cycle. I think there was a lot of like pieces to the puzzle, but that was a big one. Yeah. And that was my first time sharing that. And so when I saw that you had a podcast and then I was like, you know what? I think it'd be really awesome just to share my story. Yeah. I think that if just one person can hear it and be inspired by it, then awesome. That's like all that I care yeah. about. But I, yeah, so that's really the reason why I just, it was my first time putting that post out and sharing it. And so I just feel like I'm ready to yeah. speak out more into that. 
Okay, good. We can always use more people to speak out, right? There's, there, there's never enough because it's a huge company. So what, so obviously you were a Beachbody coach or a customer. Where did that journey start? How did that start for you? And how long ago? So I started, I don't know the exact date, but I think probably 2012, 2013, somewhere in that time frame. So I was at the time working out for, I was already in the mindset of restricting food, overworking out. I would work out for two hours, sometimes twice a day and doing a lot of cardio plus lifting. I just, it was just too much and I didn't realize Mm -hmm. it. And then I had a friend who, he was always like, you gotta come try this workout, come try it. And I was like, it was a DVD workout. And I was like, that shit's not, I don't know if it's around here, but that shit's not like, okay, good. (laughs) It's dumb. It's stupid. Like I don't need it, whatever. And then one, he kept bugging me about it. One day I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And so I did it and it was insanity. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that was your first one too. I had listened to that episode Mm -hmm. and I was like, holy shit, that kicked my ass and it was less than an hour. So There is a little bit of good that came from it. Like I realized I don't need two hours in the gym, but that was the kind of the initial like entry point into Beachbody was that. And then I don't remember what your question was. What was your question again? So that was your intro. Like that's when you started. Yes. Was basically you, your friend introduced you to Insanity, which pretty much around that time period, that's when everybody got introduced to Beachbody through Insanity. Yeah. That's when that was my first workout as well and you know no shade to shanti but now listen and i might get some kickback for this but you said it a lot of the things that i did learn from beachbody is that you don't need to spend two hours in the gym right you can have an effective workout within an an, under an hour or less but there are other things that did contribute to the over-exercising and overeating, which I'm sure, or under-eating, which we'll cover. So you were introduced to be to Insanity. What happened then? Did he invite you to join him as a coach? Because obviously you were already working out. Yep. So one of his friends, which we, so it was a mutual friend that I had met. And then me and her got to be like best friends, really good friends. She was a Beachbody coach at the time. And so then eventually, like through doing more workouts and talking to her, becoming good friends, and I eventually became a beach body coach as well. And so then that's that's how that started. And then we kept doing like workouts and doing like fit clubs and yeah, like weekly go and do a group workout and whatever. Yeah, so that's how that started. So I did become a coach soon after that. So when you became a coach, you were you presented with that you needed to have Shakeology every single month? I don't remember exactly. I remember that we had to get like a challenge pack. And at the time I loved for me personally, I I did Shakeology. It was my first intro into like smoothies and like mm-hmm. a powder and things like that. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And I, I like, I liked it. So I believe at the time, yeah, we had to be on Shakeology. We had to be doing like whatever the workout was and doing like challenge groups online and things yeah. like that. So did you find yourself, because this was the days before people, some people don't realize this, but this was the days before BOD. Did you find yourself having to buy a new program every single month in order to keep the FOMO going so that you could have new challengers join you? Yeah, I think that's, there was a point when 
I did continue to buy like it was, it was like insanity 21 day fix it just kept on going I don't remember exactly like I feel like I was since she was my friend I she didn't really push me to like, get the new yeah. workout programs and I don't even remember exactly maybe I just I was a diehard beach part like I was a fan yeah. <laughs> and so I was like getting them I was either just getting them because I wanted to or I don't remember exactly what happened but, a yeah. lot of people don't realize it's it's literally you feel like in order for you to be a real coach and people don't get this because you're a fan of them. It's almost like I tried to explain it to people and this actually just came in into my mind. You have Apple fan people like diehard fans, right? And every year that Apple comes out with something new, these people are going to go and pick it up. Even me, I'm that person. I have the 13 pro and I'm like, shoot do i need the 14 pro max i think i do even though it's the same thing and you're ready to get the update right but people don't realize that you get caught into the whirlwind of i have to do this because it's new it's shiny and i want and i'm a fan girl so how long were you a coach did you continue coaching throughout the years what were what was, I mean, what, I'm trying to figure out like what type of team did you have? Since she was your friend, was you, were you forced to do like power hours, like coaching calls? Yeah, I do remember power hours. We definitely did that. And I think we did some coaching calls and uh, it was, I, I started sharing more of my journey too, like much like how you did. I didn't really mm -hmm. have a big weight loss transformation but I was just being more vocal about things on social media so I was sharing a lot more we were doing power hours we we're doing the whole like personal development mm -hmm. invite follow-ups the mm -hmm. whole thing and then and I think we had team calls but I don't remember that being like a huge part of it like it was more of like the power hour of just like continuing yeah. to message people and do personal development like on our own mm -hmm. that's I don't think we really did have very many team calls at all with my first coach. It was more about the power hours because what they do with power hours is that's like controlling your time and helping and mm -hmm. basically pushing you to message people. Did you ever feel icky messaging? Did you ever cold message people? I did. And I didn't feel icky at the time, but like looking back, I'm like, good God. I know. And I know that I've had so many people like since then unfollow me and unfriend me and whatever but I feel like if anyone was to stick around during that and see me now they yeah. would also be like I'm like a whole new person now I, I feel like with my messaging and yeah. I just look I'm just like I it's cringy I'm like yeah I I started the hard new, way yeah I started a whole new Instagram page just because I was like I wanted to make sure that first of all I had the right like I just wanted to build something brand new I actually started building the Instagram page towards the end of 2021 when I was thinking I was seeing red flags with Beachbody. And it took me like up until February. And then I just, I haven't touched the other page, but I do go in there and see and cringe at some of the things that I used to post. And of course, good old Facebook always reminds you. What do you think is the most cringiest thing that you ever posted when it comes to being a Beachbody coach? I think, in, and I do this a lot, but anytime 
I posted of like a picture of like, 21 day fix. Join me, join this. Like anything right about there. the product itself, that's the most cringiest to me. Because back then they basically made, you did that. I was a huge Canva person even back then. And I would do like the products and autumn and all the before and afters and the containers and all that stuff. And I, yeah, it is very cringy. Did you ever, uh, I'm only asking this question because I've seen it a lot this week. So it's on the, it's on the top of my mind. Did you ever like focus in on certain people when it came to prospecting for Beachbody? Like when you say certain people, do you mean personality wise, body type wise? What do you mean? Body type wise. No, I would say not for me. It was more of, I looked at my contact list, my friends on Facebook mm -hmm. and anyone who like maybe I was friends with in the past, or if they've been like commenting on my stuff or things like that, it wasn't necessarily body type for me. It was just yeah, who came up on my contact list, who I felt like I could just talk to and yeah and who I felt like maybe would be willing to do the things. So when you were, so you were basically just building relationships with people that were interacting with you, which is good. The reason I asked is because this week we've seen a lot of people that have had babies and uh, I've seen some things that I'm just like, I, I know because I used to do it, right? I would, I would reach out to people and, they were postpartum and I would just start building that relationship because if they're watching me, then maybe they'll come and I can help them. I, I cringe right. for this. It was a transactional like conversation. And so now I'm just like, I'm just trying to really see if, I don't know if that's, if what I'm seeing on people's Instagrams that are still current coaches, like sharing their postpartum journey, are they really? It's really that detrimental. So you were talking about on the reel that I saw, you were talking about a lot of issues that you had with food and your relationship with food. What are some of those things that you started noticing and how did you, like what programs, was there a specific program that did this to you? Yeah, so for me, I feel like I only recently realized this. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I was a coach for, I would say a few years, five, six years. And then there was a time where I wasn't like actively doing the business, but just like here and there and whatever. And so then as time went on and now at this point, now by this point, I haven't been a coach for six, seven, eight, nine years, but it's almost like I've. I didn't realize because I was in it. I didn't realize mm -hmm. the detriment that it had until now where I'm at today with having, having peace with food, like that food freedom and being like at peace with my body and like all of that. It's just recently that I realized the damage that it did and like yeah. how really affected it affected me. And so for me, it really was like I said in the post more about the nutrition and I think because when I was reflecting back to it all, I did, I realized that I felt like I needed to be on a program or doing a cleanse or whatever. And at the time I was 
like back then when I was doing it yeah. and I, I had even made a post once you know what sometimes people need to be on a program to like do well but later I'm like I have to be on a program to feel in control and then there was a point in time where I was like enough is enough like I feel like I am not in control of food mm-hmm. it's a vicious cycle it's an emotional cycle and I need to get out of this and that's when I went to therapy too um, mm-hmm. but I was like I th- this is not healthy I want to be in control of food without having to be on a program. That's what's normal. So when you say that you had to go to, you ended up going to therapy, was this during your beach, your time with Beachbody? Were you in Beachbody when this happened? No, this was a few years after that point that I decided to go. Um, Okay. It's, it also had to, so I feel, I felt like I was doing a lot of emotional eating also because of the relationship that I was in at the time. But also I was in the cycle of restrict, binge, restrict, binge. Yeah. And at that point I wasn't even doing any of the, I stopped, I would do the ultimate reset. And every year I was like, I feel like I needed to do that or like the three day refresh. And I was like, that's how I'm going to control food. That's how I'm going to be able to like get back into it. But then no, it just kept going like that. And, yeah. And, and for people know. that don't know what the ultimate reset is, it's a 21 day cleanse basically. Yeah that you you start the first week with what is it like vegetables or you remove foods right yeah each, you slowly remove foods each week each week and then it sounds like the four-week gut protocol let's just say it they I think they modeled the four, the gut protocol with from the ultimate reset but whatever and then the three-day cleanse I never did the ultimate reset and you said you did it once a year. Oh yeah. For how many years? At least four. There's one year I did it twice. Wow. Yeah. So what people need to understand when it comes to the ultimate reset is you let, you are eating so little food that you're not allowed to work out. You're not allowed to move. Like you're, you're not allowed to work out. Because you are on a certain regimen of food, you're on a certain regimen of vitamin or whatever they give you, drinks. Um, and so this kind of, so when people, like this means that you are not allowed to work out. The reason being you can't work out is because you're not fueling your body enough to be able to move. And the three-day refat fresh is, you starve yourself for three days. Let's just say it. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my gosh. I remember trying it for the last time and I was like, I can't do this. I was so angry that I did do the three-day refresh probably at least two to three times a year. And every single time, and you can't work out on that one either because you're also starving yourself for three days. I think like in the morning you get, I don't even remember what, it traumatizes me thinking about it. But I know that you definitely do not eat any more than 900 calories a day with that whatsoever. Right. And by day three, I would be so angry that my husband would be like, I think you just need to go upstairs and go to bed until you're done with this because I can't even offer your food. And I'd be like, okay, good night. And I would go to bed at like five o'clock because mm-hmm. I was so mad and so uncomfortable and then wake up the next morning and be like, look at all the weight I lost in three days. My right. family is so happy for me. No, my family was mad and made me go to bed at five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> these are like these programs and their nutrition plan. 
they literally teach you to restrict like you can't eat certain foods limit certain foods like that and that was like the biggest eye-opener for me recently was like holy shit that's they literally taught me to restrict foods all the time and then it was the point where I would have a binge like I was like I, I was like could rip my hair out because I would go to the grocery store avoid all the foods that I wanted like the sweets and so I I have told the story before where I restricted for so long so bad where I was at Hy-Vee at the grocery store here I bought a box of 12 cookies I got in my car I ate all 12 cookies in literally less than like it was like six minutes like I just downed wow. it I hit the box that I didn't want to tell my boyfriend at the time yeah and I felt so shitty and then I was like okay so soon after that too I was like that's right all right yeah yeah and 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 I agree I've, I've I used to do that as well I used to especially in 2015 I I actually quit coaching in 2015 after a car accident and I was just a Beachbody customer but I was still doing like the 21 day fix meal plan and I used to travel for my work. And so while I was on the road, even though I would take, I remember distinctly, I would pack my lunch, right? But I would actually go and get like junk food or whatever, dump out my healthy quote unquote lunch and eat the junk food and then come home and eat like a healthy meal for dinner. And that's disordered as fuck. Yeah. And these things come back to me as I talk to people. It's not things that like I remember every day. And that's why I think that it's important, especially for your story, because you're like years after is when you decided that you were going to get help with it. I'm just recently coming out of Beachbody and the disordered mindset of eating and I preach to people all the time, you need to go and see a registered dietitian. You need to see a therapist. I haven't done that yet just because there are so many things. I think for me, I'm scared that if I go to a registered dietitian, they're going to put me on a meal plan and I'm going to be like, here we are again. You know? And so, and that's what scares me. So while you were a Beachbody coach, what were, what plans did you follow other than the ultimate reset and the three-day refresh the 21 day fix extreme was like the probably the main one that i followed a lot Mm -hmm. 21 day fix extreme so you did that program the food program you i'm guessing you did the 21 day fix meal plan because that's what it used to be called now it's called the ultimate portion fix oh yeah that's what they call it they (laughs) rebrand yeah so you used to do the color-coded containers Yep. Were you hungry while you were doing the color-coded containers? Yeah. Yep. I remember being hungry. I remember I ate so many egg whites and peppers and just like a few tuna that for an entire year, I couldn't eat those things because that's all that I had. And yes, I was hungry and I would, yeah, I would be eating it gagging. Yeah, it was hell. How did you... Because you you did that, right? And I, I, I'm asking you this because I, I also have issues with this. But how do you feel? How did you feel about vegetables after you left? So actually, I feel like even now, like I 
I don't eat them as often anymore. And even after, after I left, like after I was done, I feel like I'm, I loved same with fruit. Like I used to love fruit, eat it all the time, but like now I'm just like, nah, I don't really like it uh -huh. as much. Yeah. Weird. And I asked you that because you said that you can't even eat Edwugs anymore, right? Because you ate them so much for some people. When I tell people now like vegetables, I'm literally, I'm telling you, there are days that I will look at broccoli and get sick from it, just yeah. looking at it. And yeah. I'm just like, for me, it's that like broccoli, carrots. I can't tell you how many times I've thrown away a bag of carrots. And my husband just don't get them. And I'm like, but I need to have vegetables because you're supposed to eat vegetables. He, Cheryl, you ate, you forced yourself to eat so many vegetables over the past eight years that like, you're going to need to find something that yep. you can just eat and stick to. And what it, do you have any advice for somebody that does have an advert relationship with vegetables and fruit? Fruit, I don't have a bad relationship with as much, but vegetables, yep. I do. Having a bad relationship or yeah. the fact that you just can't eat it? Well, if you just, because, so if you had, so let's say I came to you, right? And, and I said, after my years of the 21 day fix and forcing myself to eat broccoli, cauliflower, baby carrot, I hate vegetables and I refuse to eat them. What would you, what suggestion would you give someone like me? So I would say, honestly, let's just take a break from vegetables. Yes, we need it, but also it's important to retrain our brain and to not retrain our brain, but regain the a healthy relationship with that specific food. So like for me, yeah. when I took a break from vegetables, I took a break from those things for a year or more. And like, I'm just now being able to eat those things again. Mm -hmm. So it depends on each person, how long you need to take a break from, but I feel like taking a break from it is healthy. Yeah. Um, and I would say you know what, maybe we, I don't normally recommend supplements, but like finding a green supplement just so that yeah. like you get some of those nutrients at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much, I had spoken to my doctor about it and he doesn't, I'm schooling my doctor because he's an old school. He's really old school. And the last time I went in there, he was like, he said, Cheryl, you say that you work out. You say that you eat healthy. What else do you, because I've, I've gained weight since I've left Beachbody and he's, what else do you think that we can do? And I was like, doc, no, that's not what we need to do. What we need to do is figure out why my brain is this way. And he, I told him, I said, I hate vegetables. I literally hate them. And he was like, then you need to do some type of supplement because you're not eating the right vegetables. But anyway, so off of that. Sorry, I digress. Okay, but also, or even like, I found that some, it's also finding a, a way that maybe a new way to eat vegetables. I like raw vegetables, I had to really take a break from, but like yeah. being cooked vegetables um, and doing just finding fun ways to incorporate yeah. myself to me too. So I just want yeah. to say that. For me, I will say, I get these, I know people might think this is weird, but they're not lean cuisines, but they're, I can't remember what the brand is, but they have like cauliflower, like pitas and they're, the crust is made out of cauliflower and I love it. And so the whole thing is basically vegetables with chicken so that I will eat or I eat, if I get a hamburger, I'll eat 
vegetables on my hamburger. So I don't not eat vegetables. I just personally cannot. The only vegetable I can eat that's raw are mini cucumbers with ranch. It's the only oh, ones yeah. that I can eat. I um, yep, same. But so you had to take a break from a lot of things that you forced yourself to eat for a long time. Let's unpack a little bit about the things that you went over in that reel about how you realized what Beachbody had caused you, how you realized the things that Beachbody caused you to have. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I realized that I, it fed into the restrict binge cycle, all or nothing mentality. And that's what really led to my unhealthy relationship with food and just having that like yo-yoing emotional roller coaster, like mentally, emotionally, and just realizing that was not that there's a better way to live. Like yeah. you can have, like for me, it's like you can have a balance. You can eat whatever, really whatever you want in moderation, of course, having an emphasis on those quality foods that provide nourishment, but yeah. also it's healthy to be able to have a cookie when you want it. And then like thinking back, I realized that I went through a time where after I was working on the all or nothing mindset and trying to let that go, I had something every single day that like I craved. Like if I wanted a sweet or chocolate, like I would have something every single day. Sometimes I would overeat on things with it, but then eventually it's like slowed down to the point where I don't have sweet cravings anymore, which is wild because I used to have the sweet tooth craving all the time I would want ice cream cookies but like I would tell mm -hmm. myself I couldn't have it so then over time letting that go and and really having those foods every single day until yeah. the point where like I have a pack of Oreos if we have a pack of Oreos in our pantry I could have one and be good whereas before I was like I can't have that in my pantry because I will go all so out. you did you so I'm it sounds like you're on like an intuitive you went on an intuitive eating type journey and that's what a lot of people, that's my first goal for 2023. I have the book. I have the workbook. I just need to do it. And that's my first goal for, I don't make resolutions, but that's my goal. And then my next goal is to find a registered dietitian that actually works in the intuitive eating space so that I can make nice. sure that I'm going to heal myself. Cause that's the first part. Yes. I can go outside and go for a walk. The exercise part now. I've got that under control. It's the food part. So that's what it sounds like you went through. And you, how did you get on that journey? Where, like, how did you start it? I feel like it was like a lot of little things that happened. Like I realized, okay, I can't step on a scale because if I do, no matter what it says, I'm discouraged. So for a year, I didn't step on the scale. I was like, I'm just going to focus on how I feel. So that was like one component. I think the other component was just saying in my mind, not telling myself I can't have certain foods, not telling myself that I, that some foods are quote bad and also using the mentality of adding more. So like mm -hmm. adding more protein, fruits, vegetables, things like that versus saying like taking away. away. Yeah. That was something that was huge. That helped me a lot. Yeah. When you, so I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. You mm -hmm. said that you were a Beachbody coach for about five to six years. 
What, when did you start seeing the red flags and what were they while you were a coach? Or did you? I would say, honestly, I feel like I didn't see them until being out of it for a few years up until this year, like just recently. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. How did you, so why did you leave? What made you decide to leave Beachbody? Um, I think it was because the, I, like we, like you talked about in yours, like you, you see the dream, you see the vision, like financially you want that. And it wasn't, I wasn't getting to that point. And then also I started working at a gym who at a, at Intime Fitness. And I think before that, actually, I stopped doing it. But I think it was just like, I decided to stop because I wasn't making it or whatever yeah and I also think maybe it was like the messaging of people I started to realize like the how that's not the best thing to do and right things like that so yeah and I feel honestly I can't remember a lot of things because I'm I like I'm blocking it out my brain is yeah. blocking out a lot it, of that. oh yeah it, it does I I blocked out a lot and I don't really that's why when I'm on this podcast and I like share different parts of my story I'm like oh my god I did that too because yeah. I don't remember a lot of it. And it's almost like you were, I don't know. It's almost like I was in like a, a trance or something. Yeah. Not, not in your right, really not in your right state of mind. And now it's, wow. Because people, have, I've said it before, if I didn't have anti-MLM or my podcast, that I would go back to an MLM. And I think that I would only, I don't think, I think that at the beginning I would have now, I wouldn't have because yeah. now I'm, now I won't, I wouldn't because now I'm like, I see everything for what it is. Anytime yes. I see a post, I'm like, holy shit, this girl, mm -hmm. the other day I came across this post on Instagram, I was Somebody sent me the post and then I went to the person's story. I was watching the person's story and I was like, this, it was the reel that I just shared about the girl who dumped dish soap on her food so she wouldn't overeat. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I already knew that there was going to be a pitch for, to join her group. And the reason that I shared that is the real or that part is because I'm like, that's scary. That's the scariest thing that I can ever imagine is for you to sit there and say that because she's insinuating that Beachbody nutrition plan helped her stop pouring dish soap on her food. I don't care if it was 10 years ago or not, but she's insinuating to anybody that comes across because we've all been there. If we used to overeat or even when I was on the 21 day fix program, if I overate, I would have to take the food and throw it in the trash or else I would continue to eat it because I had restrict myself for so long. Did I put dish soap on it? No, but I just couldn't believe it. And I was like, I knew what the post was going to say. I knew what she was going for. And now I'm just like, whenever I see somebody, I'm just like, I cannot believe I was that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like seeing it when you're out of it and like, clear eyes do you ever because you do work at a gym and you I'm guessing that you take on clients online and stuff like that 
Do you ever have clients that come to you that has left Beachbody? Actually, yes. I've had I had one girl who we were on the same team, and then she's been following me for the like for years now, ever since then. And she just signed up with me actually to be it. So she has a client now as of last mm-hmm. week. And I asked her, I was like, "What made you decide to do this with me? Like, why me?" And she uh-huh. said the Beachbody post that I made and she's yeah I've been following you you seem knowledgeable blah 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 but when you posted that I was like all right yep because she same thing happened to her all or nothing mindset restrict binge whatever so yes I was I mean that's that's really the only time that I know of though so it's good that we have like people that are actually knowledgeable of the things that because I feel like this is my thing I feel like there's not enough personal trainers out there for people that used to be stuck in an MLM and not that way. And I know people probably think I'm crazy for saying this, but we had a completely different experience than someone who's just been on and off dieting for the past couple of years. We put our trust in somebody for, I mean, for me, it was eight years. I put my trust in someone for my nutrition, for my workouts and everything. And so now it's hard for me to put my trust into somebody who was never in the MLM because you don't understand. Like when I say I didn't work out today, but I'm going to work out tomorrow, but I'm going to have to fight myself to not do, double up on workouts. No regular personal trainer is going to understand that. That's a very do good you, point. Do you, so when you have your clients that do come to you, you just had her come to you. What, what is the first thing that you try to work with them on? Like, how do you try to help them unravel that old MLM mindset? I think at first it just starts with having a conversation, right? Like I have them fill out a form, but then me and her talked first for a while. And I just asked her like what her experience has like, has been since then, what her relationship mm-hmm. with food is now. It's just like having that conversation and dialogue and just asking those questions to get that answer to see what what their mind is like yeah. with food yeah and certain foods yeah so so that's good to know and I'll put all your stuff into the show notes what I do I want to give you a chance to really just have a conversation with people about like where you like your whole journey because I keep asking you questions and I just want I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you talk so tell us a little bit about where you started, how you came into it. Oh, we know where you started. We know how you got into it. But how did you get to where you are now? Yeah. So I was in Beachbody, obviously, and for a long time. And I, I like. I also had someone else comment too on that post. It's helped her, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that I came into it already on an unstable like foundation. Like I already had an unhealthy relationship with food. I already was overworking out. That's, and I like to tell people like one way or another, at some point in time, the relationship that you have with food will matter no matter what. And so going through that and then still having that just all or nothing mindset for five, six, seven years, whatever it was. And then going into anytime fitness. And I feel like even then 
I was still in that mindset of all or nothing, no rust days, working out every single day. So like the habits that was formed while I was in Beachbody continued even when I was not doing their workouts necessarily. Yeah. And even like the way I viewed food and eating wise and things like that. And um, I just decided, it's like at first I decided, okay, I want to improve the way that I talk to myself. So it was like that self-talk. I was really degrading my body every single day, looking at myself in the mirror. I would be crying. I would be super guilty if I had certain foods, if I overate. And so it first started with my mindset and with the way that I talked to myself. But that takes time. Yeah. Um, It's like a practice. Like I tell people, when you go to the gym for the first time and you're learning how to squat or how to deadlift, you have to have the mindset that you're practicing that movement and it's going to take time and practice and patience. The same is true with our mindset, the way that you talk to your body, the way that you view your body to come to a place where like you're 100% like at peace, no matter what, that takes so much time. It took me like five plus years to get to this point. And so if you're listening, just don't stop the work, the internal work. Like it Mm -hmm. just takes so much time. How would you think that people should, where should they start if they want to start that, that mindset piece? Because I'm really big about that as well, because that's one thing that I did stop doing after I left Beachbody. It was actually one of the main reasons, main things that people would come to me for, because I wasn't a health or wellness, fitness, like professional. But when it came to like being strong in my piece of where my body was, I was very strong in that piece. But now I've lost it. So how... And I think it's more, it's not body positivity, isn't it? Like body neutrality or body respecting, like just respecting where you are. Yeah. And how would you, how would you tell, like, where would people go or how would they start that journey? So for me, it started with, so I'll say, okay, for me, it started with just trying to do it on my own and like the way that I talk to myself and just. I used to meditate a lot and I still do sometimes, but really going through and just giving gratitude for my body and respect and just say how I'm grateful for the ability to move, the ability to taste foods, the fact that I can go hiking. Like I freaking love to hike. So the fact that I can do that, um, mm-hmm. so just starting to appreciate those things. But the game changer was therapy. That was yeah. the game changer. Like hundred percent. If you like, if you haven't gotten, you just, you gotta go. And I was lucky because I went to one therapist and right away, like I wasn't feeling the vibe, but necessarily. I learned things from her. And then a little less than a year later, I went to a different therapist and like instantly I was like, yes, this is the one. So sometimes it takes people a lot longer to find a therapist that they vibe Mm -hmm. with or whatever. So one thing that I learned with my first therapist was when I have a thought come to my mind that's negative about my body, I instantly see a red flashing light. And that's my cue to change the thought to a positive one or to something either that I'm grateful for my body or whatever it is, or to just go do something different, go do something that I love or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that helped me a lot. And she helped me more with just like my thoughts and activities and things that I can do to help with all of that. Mm-hmm. The second therapist, she was like, all right, we can do the old school thing where I give you different tasks each week that you can work on and whatever, or we can get shit done. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, let's get shit done. What are you talking about? And it's called ART, A-R-T. And I don't remember exactly what it stands for, but it's it's like an eye movement hypnosis, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. But it's like wild how much that works. Basically, it's that she does this, but she takes me through the first time that I think this all started and which for me was in high school, like before yeah. our beach party, before MLM. So going back to that time and basically painting a new picture and yeah. um, and just like changing those memories a little bit. And it's almost too good to be true, but it works. Mm-hmm. And they first did this with people who I believe were in the army, the military had PTSD and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of becoming more common in the therapy world. But that was like the game changer. So I had things that I did off the side, off the side. But when she did that with me, yeah, wow, it changed her. Is it ERP therapy or ARP therapy? ART, like ART, like yeah. art. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So therapy. This therapist helped you with that, and also, did you have any type of books or any person that you followed that really helped you or was it just therapy I would say mostly just therapy like over the years I'd listened to some podcast episodes where they went through the same thing that I did but there's nothing that Mm -hmm. comes to mind where it was like yeah "Yeah, this person helped me okay so you started on your mindset piece and then and then what happened so then let's see so I was mostly just practicing that piece of it and then Also, like I said earlier, not like to start to work on not restricting foods and to start to work on saying, not saying that I can't have certain foods. Right. And actually just keeping something in my house and like having something every single day. So it's the act of unrestricting foods. Yeah. That was the second big piece, I feel like. And then the third was to for working out wise, because I feel like that had a big impact on my nutrition too, but to start to allow rest days where I'm not doing anything and actually switch from doing like high intensity impact workouts to like lifting, straight lifting and focusing on that. Cause that's- I've noticed that a lot of people that are starting to heal their relationship with working out and it has to do with lifting weights. And I- I guess because I've been in Beachbody for so that I was in there for so long that I can't not do cardio and I hate lifting weights. And I'm like, how do you switch that? How did you switch that around? What's up? Yep. So I will also shout out another podcast called Mind Pump. They have a specific program that is just lifting and I ended up getting it. And they, they say they're very adamant, do the program, how it's do the protocol. You do lifting. It's only lifting two or three times a week. And the other days are like mobility or just, you don't really do a whole lot. And so for me, that was tough, but I was like, I got to do, I just, I have to, I trust it's, I think it's because I trusted them and I trusted Mm -hmm. the process. So it's almost like I did it, even though I was scared, even though I didn't want to, I was like, I just got to trust it and do it. So I did it. I saw and felt the results and not just physically, but also like mentally and emotionally. And so that's really what helped me to get past that. Because lifting weights can actually, lifting weights is how you change, is how women really do change their body. It's not, and I'm not a health professional or a fitness professional. Like 
I know it makes you stronger. Like you can actually lift heavy shit without Mm -hmm. having to worry about anything else. And especially for moms that have to lift toddlers and stuff like that. And for some reason, yeah, I haven't, I did tell my husband, I wanted the Bowflex dumbbells that go up to 50 pounds so that I can start lifting heavier shit. But I really do. I know I'm going to have to get a gym membership and go playing some really heavy weight, you know, but I haven't brought myself to that yet. But so you switched your mind from high intensity workouts to weightlifting and that helped as well. How did that help you with all of it? Did it help with everything as well or just one piece of it? I feel like it helped. I feel like it did help all of it. And I think that like with eating wise, I realized that first of all, I was hungrier. Like I was, yeah. it was like crazy that I was hungrier and eating more protein. And then also eventually with carbs, I decided to eat carbs, not restrict that and trust that it is like beneficial, I guess. And the other piece I will say too, that kind of added to all of this that helped me was I met my fiance and she was in the bodybuilding world and very much into macros and counting macros. And the reason that she, we ended up talking was because, so I have a podcast as well. And she come, she slid into my DMs and she was like, I love your podcast. It's great, blah, blah, blah. I know. And then she's, have you, because she heard my story. I shared my story too about restricting and eating mm-hmm. disorders and things like that. And she's like, have you ever considered tracking macros and counting macros? Because I think it maybe could help your relationship with food. And I was like, no, I haven't. And at first I felt like it would not be a good thing for me to track and count those things. Mm-hmm. But after I got to a place where I felt like I had a pretty solid relationship with food, I was like, you know what? I'm going to dabble in this. I'm going to try it out and see mm-hmm. how it goes. And I think that also that helped me to improve my relationship even more was okay. tracking macros. So at this point, I was doing the lifting piece, plus then starting to learn about macros and how that could help and not doing it restrictively, but it was just learning. And that. And then at that point, I decided to eat more carbs and not restrict those because I restricted those heavily. Like I was like, rice is not good, bread or whatever, all mm-hmm. of those things. And I think that I, because I saw her go through it, she was eating more carbs, eating more everything. And I realized, huh, okay, there's something to this. She's like eating more, but she's losing body fat and getting muscular. Yeah. So I feel like that also played a role in all of it too. She helped you. She helped mm-hmm. your relationship with everything. 100%. Um, yeah. And we will... I do expect you to send me your link to your podcast so I can also put that in the show notes for everybody. What is your podcast about? I didn't even know that. So yeah, a bad host. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh no, that's okay. (laughs) So it's called flow with the grow and it's really anything wellness. Like I, it's self personal development, helping people to see a different perspective in life. I'm a very optimistic person. So it's about that. And then also fitness, nutrition, spiritual wellness like oh and you if you go through my episodes it's funny because I have a time where it's more like personal development and then a time where it's spiritual wellness and 
fitness. And then now it's like a lot of nutrition. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go in phases with it. It's all phases of it. That's mm-hmm. good. How long ago did you start it? Was it part of your healing journey? So I started it actually two years ago, I think. 2019, 2020. I think it was 2020 when I started it. It was when COVID hit. Yeah. So that's when I started it. And uh, it's funny because I'm going to go listen back to other episodes too, because I feel like a lot of things have changed around like fitness and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Like through that, I've learned a lot more with working out and nutrition and food and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in a sense, it did help me and help me kind of reflect back on yeah. my journey, my story has gone. So you're, you said your fiance. She's in the bodybuilding world. What was she ever in Beach Body? No, hell no. She's <laughs> she'd be like, that shit's dumb. <laughs> it's crazy because yeah. it's so for me, when I heard you your beginning of your story, you were like, Yeah, I was a gym rat, I worked out all the time. Those were the people that like Beach Body coaches always went after, but no, they would never give you the time of day. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm really confused. I guess because you already had an unhealthy relationship with working out and food, it was easier for you to get sucked into it because mm-hmm. then you were like, oh, I only need to work out under an hour a day and get the results that I was trying to get in the gym for two hours. Mm-hmm. So what does she think about your whole journey? Okay. And before I go into that, I just now realized too that when I stopped doing workouts every single day, like with beach body and all of that, and even yeah. after that, I stopped it. But when I worked out less and I was lifting more, I was taking more rest days, I was eating more. That's when I was losing a little bit of body fat and gaining muscle. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy. whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It, it all, it's crazy how that works out. Um, it's amazing how things like that work. Your whole body, your body actually knows. This is what I do know as a professional. Your body knows what the hell to do. Yeah, it, It's yes. us that keeps trying to alter it. Yep. Yeah. So exactly. yep. it's just yep. amazing to me. So yeah. when you say that you work out, you would work out three days a week, did you just not do any, like no walking, no like cycle classes, no nothing? Like when I stopped working out, you said? Yeah, when you started lifting weights and you were doing like the dedicated schedule, there was, yeah. How did you, how'd you stop doing the hit stuff? I think that was so it started with when I got that like just lifting program. Yeah. Even after that, when me and my fiance moved to where we are now, um, I was still just lifting weights. But in that time, there were times when like, she wouldn't work out every day. So then if she didn't work out, I didn't work out. Yeah. And normally I would be freaking out. I'd be like, I, I need to get this workout in. She's a very calming, grounding person. And so I think that's why I just who she is, but it's like, just, I just was started to be okay with it. And we were still active. We would go hiking or whatever, but like, as far as like specifically going to the gym to do a workout, yeah. he hates cardio. Hey, like we, we would never do hit. It was mostly just like straight lifting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but, but yeah, I think mostly just because she wasn't going, then I wasn't going. And then it's like, I was 
I don't know. It's like a weird. I think that the thing that is that makes it so crazy and weird to me is that I'm still in the mindset of where, because of course you can understand when you're in Beachbody, if you take a day off, you usually you're like, oh, it's an active rest day, so I'm going to go for a walk, right? Instead right. of like right now, I've actually healed my relationship with knowing that walking is movement and walking is a form of exercise so I've got that down pat I actually just hit over a hundred walks with Peloton and that made me really happy because I was like shoot and I found that I do enjoy cycling I love it I don't know why something about going as fast as I possibly can on a site on a bike that goes nowhere it clears my head, but for work, like my goal also in 2023 is to start with lifting more, mm-hmm. lifting heavy shit because yeah. I am over 40 and that's the best form to help with your bones. And I do yes. know that. Sure. Um, yeah. So before, so I lost track of what we were talking about with your fiance, but oh, oh yeah, what does she think about your healing journey about Beachbody? What does she think oh. about that? Yeah. So actually we haven't really talked too much about it. I know I, cause I told her about the post and I was like, babe, I think I'm going to share this post and talk about Beachbody. And she was like, hell yeah, do it. You should do it. And yeah. um, so I think, and I haven't even, maybe I'll ask her after this to see what she thinks, but I feel like she would be proud and she would also be like, heck yes. I'm yeah. glad that you're doing that anymore. And I think because she's seen this whole like transformation too of I guess in the short amount of time that's been like a year or so of uh, lifting more and like taking more days off of not really doing anything. Like I go for a walk with our dog, but that's it. And so then her just also seeing like all of that, I just feel like she would be proud. Yeah. I'm going to ask her after this. Yeah. I'm proud of, you know, and I just met you. I think that you having you on this podcast is really good for people to see where they can be because a lot of the people that I or a lot of people that I have on my page now we've helped over a hundred and some people leave Beachbody this year and that's that's huge that's more people yeah. than I ever helped when I was in Beachbody I, I never made it past Emerald and my dogs were really my customers we've really helped people this year and if you're listening, you'll listen to this podcast in 2023, but this is 2022 that we're recording it. But I think that listening to your story of how you've healed in your own way, like ultimately we do suggest that if therapy is available to you, go to therapy, right? But there are bits and pieces from this podcast of your story that people can actually start putting into practice now to start trying to feel their way out of where they were in their MLM. Is there anything that you have not shared that you would like to share today? Not that I can think of, I'm sure after this, I'll be like, oh, I should have shared this and that. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I would say that just never give up hope. Like it's possible to get to a place where if you know that you're out of MLM, out of Beachbody, and you're trying to improve your relationship with food, 
it might seem like it's never going to happen. You, even if you've been working on it for years, just never give up. Keep doing the work. Eventually, either a person will come along or something will click. Like it's, it'll like almost, it's almost like it'll easily happen, even if it does take years and years like it did for me. But it's worth it. It's possible. It's worth it. Like just yes. keep going. Just keep going. I'll also make sure to share your Instagram and your podcast in the show notes. First thing first, I have two questions to ask you before we wrap up. But I also want to tell you something. You remind me, this is completely off of subject. You look and remind me of Chelsea Chelsea from Teen Mom. Wait, who? Chelsea, who's... Chelsea Huska. Yeah. You want to know a fun fact? What? I I grew up with her. I swear to God, you remind me of her. Like, I... I'm like, this girl could, you could double, you could be her body double. Yeah. That's so funny. So yeah. actually I used to bartend and I was bartending one day and there were these two girls on the other end and they were like talking back and forth. And then they look at me and she's like, you look, she like thought I was Chelsea at first. She's like, yeah. you look like Chelsea's from Team Mom. And I was like, all right, actually I know her. Like I grew up with her and we're in the same grade. And I was there's like a five second clip of me on TV at Taco John's when we were there. No way. <laughs> yep. That is hilarious. So oh my gosh. Her, you knew her baby daddy. I'm guessing. So we were like not there's we were friends, but not best friends. I can't yeah. claim that we were like super close or anything. Yeah. But she was like a part of a friend group that I was in, but also she had a different friend group. And at the time when she was doing Teen Mom, we I think I was actually, I don't remember what year, like, oh yeah, that was senior year, I think. So I already gone to college, like we, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know them like too personally at that level, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, the whole show, I'm like, who does she look like? And who does she talk like? And I'm a huge Teen Mom fan. Like, I know, I just am. I love that show. So anyways, yes. Oh, that's funny. Anyways, the first question that I have to ask you is, would you, what, would you ever join an MLM again? Okay. So I want to say no, probably not, but here's the thing. So I, yeah. I, I, each was not the only MLM that I was a part of. I also did Modare. I know you did Modare and it was more, more of like, I didn't really do it because at the time, like I had someone like on me about it, like trying to, he's like, it would be so good. The way you post on social media is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And whatever. And then the way that it was presented was like, okay, I can maybe make it work. Like I like referring products that I love. So if I try mm-hmm. a product and do it, whatever, but that didn't last long. I didn't really do any yeah. of that. Um, but there's another company, do you know Secret? No. Okay. So it's skincare, hair care. And I will say I do, there's some products that I love and I would order again, like their body oil, scrub, whatever. Yeah. So I, and I do use some of their stuff still and they, they, within the past couple of years, started a nutrition line. So I've been a part of that here and there. Even the beginning of last year, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a try and give this a go again. But it's just nothing. It, something feels icky about it, like it being how it is. Um, so anyways, so I've been a part of it a couple of times. And I, at this point now, my answer is no. If they yeah. were to pres- I'm try- for me, it's like I'm trying to build my own business right now. I want to have my own thing yeah things my way and not be like trying to have to message people to come in and do this like yeah no. but there's I am, something I am about, done with that yeah 
and I'll tell you, there's something about it, it's, and I think that because there, you are a business person and you are trying to build your own business, I'm doing the same thing. And I know other people that do the same thing. And the attraction of having an MLM and promoting for them because it makes it easy, quote unquote, you just offer a product and then people buy it from you as to where for some odd reason when you run your own business and you offer a product for somebody for some odd reason it's so hard for them to support you like I I do not get it so I think that another thing is that if we really want to make any changes in like the MLM and we really want to make changes of people and prevent them from joining we actually need to really start focusing on supporting the people that are actually running real businesses yeah. instead of, because once we start supporting them, that's how we fall back in. We're entrepreneurs at heart. That's yep. how you fall back in. You're an entrepreneur at heart. And this is the easy way. I'll tell you this: if you have one of the reasons that I create digital planners is in 2021, I, I created my first digital planner and I, I do them just because I literally love it. Like I, it, I go into a, mat, a zone and I can just knock out like 12 planners in a day. And it has probably been the cheapest, most lucrative business that I've ever had. If you have any type of like journal experience or PDF experience or anything that you want to share or sell for people, Put it on Etsy. It's 20 cents per, it's 20 cents per item that you list and renews every six months for 20 cents. Wow. Yeah. So I, I actually also had, Kiana is on, my fiance, she's on TikTok a lot, just like whatever. Mm-hmm. And she sends me stuff. And one of the things she sent me was actually what you do. It was like, yeah. this is one of the best ways to like have a side hustle or whatever. Yeah. So. It's, the, it's the easiest way. You can even, you can go into Canva and you can create them. And I literally learned how to do what I do from a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. Literally, that's where I learned. And I'm not saying I've made like thousands of dollars off of this, but I might sell one or two planners a month. That's more than I ever sold within like Beachbody. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, for people that that's one of the simplest things that you can do to make extra money. But also we really need to start supporting people, our friends that have a business because we're entrepreneurs at heart. And sometimes I've seen people get pulled back into MLM because of the fact that they try to run their own business and it's not as successful. It's harder to build it because you don't have a big corporation behind you. Yep. So just, that's my TED talk for the day. That's a good, yes, I agree. I agree 100%. And then the last question is, what would you tell someone if they came to you and they were thinking of joining an MLM? Ooh, good question. I would say, I guess my answer would be more specific to like health and fitness, kind of like Beachbody. And yeah. I would just say you Here's my experience and here's what I know from other people. You can make the best decision for yourself ultimately, but I will tell you that most of the time, like it is very restrictive. And I think I would just tell them my story and experience. Yeah. 
just so that they can hear it from me. And that's really all I feel like I could do is just right. that. I feel like the more that I would tell someone, don't do it, don't do it. Maybe it depends right. who it is in the relationship that I have. But a lot of times people would be like, screw you. If they see the vision and see the dream with that already, there's yeah. no stopping them. Yeah. Usually if you tell people not to do something, they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. That's just yeah. Yeah. human nature. Um, sharing your story. That's what you can do. And just hope that they make the right decision. All right. I almost called you Chelsea. <laughs> Sophia. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I do appreciate you coming on to the podcast. I really do. It was a joy talking to you. I know that whoever listens to this, when people listen to this, they will get a piece of something from it. We talked about all types of things and I'll make sure to put your stuff in the show notes so that you know how to get a hold of you. Thank you for joining us or joining me on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I feel like our paths crossed for a reason. I feel like I was yeah. meant to share this in my story right. and for you to just put it out into the world. So I appreciate yeah. you and your time and anyone listening. Thank you as well for listening. And yeah, I just really appreciate it. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, fam. Thank you for joining us on the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast. We hope you found today's episode informative and thought-provoking. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating or review. We'll be back next week with another episode, so stay tuned. If you have a story you'd like to share on the show, please do not hesitate to reach out to me at callcherylhunt at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at call Cheryl Hine or on my personal Instagram at, at Cheryl S. Spears. We always welcome new voices and perspectives. Again, thank you for listening and we hope you'll tune in next time. Until then, take care and stay safe.